Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of First on the Field. Thank you for coming back to another episode. We're trying to be consistent. I'm very happy that I'm able to record, edit, and post this week. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, this is a continuation of that. We talked about how I ended up in the industrial field after my first job offer and a couple other offers didn't go the way I wanted them to or the way I expected them to. But This week, we're talking about a day in the life of an industrial athletic trainer. I thought this episode was pretty important because you don't really see a lot of athletic trainers that work in the industrial field. Mostly the ones I've encountered are the ones that work at Amazon, which from the people that I've spoke to, we had a person come to our class and talk about it. She loves it. It's a different scene. It's nothing like being in a college or high school training room, but um, she was very satisfied with her job as an athletic trainer at Amazon. So take it back to last week a little bit. After I had received the offer I didn't want, I applied to a couple jobs. The job that I applied to was an athletic train, a clinic athletic training position at the airport. So at first I didn't quite know what it was. It literally just said our airport in my city. And I went for it because I thought, we'll see what it is. I didn't quite know who I'd be dealing with, but it had great benefits. You know, that the job description looked promising. The company looked promising. So I decided to apply for it. I got the job, I got the interview, interview went great, and I ended up working. I worked directly for an airline straight out of the airport. I don't know how this came about, quite honestly. I don't know how I ended up in this place, but when I tell you I love this setting, I love the scene, I never thought I'd be working for an airline as an athletic trainer, but I will tell you right now, no one understands how much these people work below the wing and above the wing to get these luggages on flights. Those are the people that I mostly deal with, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So we'll start with just the beginning of my day. I wake up around nine o'clock every day. My shift is from 2.30 to 11 p.m. So I get most of my morning to myself, which I greatly appreciate. I used to work 10-hour shifts, and those got to be brutal working from nine to seven. But since we've moved into our normal schedule, I use about 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. to do my normal routine. I go to the gym. I do some cleaning. If it's beginning of my week, I'll do some cooking for my lunches, studying because, of course, we have more school coming up in my future. Um, I said workouts, the occasional nap, depending on how late I got in the night before, just if I'm tired or not, I have time to do all of that. And then around 12, I start getting ready for work. It is a bit of a drive from my house, so I have to leave pretty early to get to my work area where I work at the airport. So around 12, I start to get ready for work to get there by 2.30. Now when I get to work, you have to do a couple things to actually get into work because I do work at the airport. So there's levels of security and getting in and parking and all of that. But those are just kind of minor things that go into the daily. They add about 30 minutes to my day, but nothing too serious. So by the time I get down to my workstation, I have 
it's a whole, the airport is a different realm when you actually work in there. I have to go through the airport on a normal basis, walking through the gates, things like that. And when I tell you, the amount of people in those airports just stress me out every day because I'm just trying to get to my gate. I'm just trying to work. And these people are everywhere. I don't know where they're going. It's like they forget how to read the minute they walk into this airport. I don't understand. But anyway, I get down, the, down to the gate. I work right in level with the tarmac because I do work with the people, the agents that load the bags, unload the bags, take bags, the above wing agents, all of the above. So I get down there. It's always a toss up what the training room is going to look like. Either there are four or five people waiting to get seen or there's no one on the tables and everyone is in the office kind of just doing paperwork. So our training room, we have a full, full staff and a full training room. It's not a huge training room, but it is a decent sized training room, except especially for someone that is for an area that's working at an airline. We have four treatment tables, um, wound care kits, stuff like that. We have two game readies, ultrasound machine, ice cooler, and then a bunch of like the classic rack of weights that every athletic training room I feel like has we also have those so we are located also inside of the gym that is used for the airline that I work for so in all of that we get a kind of constant flow of people throughout the day and that's kind of what that's kind of what we're used to so most days it's like I said most days it's a toss-up there's a couple people waiting there's no one waiting it literally just depends on the day we never know what's going to happen we schedule people but Being out there on the ramp is a whole different world and anything is possible at any moment because of the machinery they use, the heavy bags, all of the above. So it's just a toss up when I get to work what the day is going to look like. So most days I see a mixture of injuries. It's no specific. We see a lot of like low backs and knees, but nothing. It's a toss up what you're going to get in a day. Since we work with people that are at their jobs, we work really closely with the workers' comp doctors in our state. That is technically who we work under as athletic trainers, as you know, or as you might not know. We have to be under some form of doctor, and that is who we are under. We're under a panel of workers' comp doctors because we work so closely with them. With working with people and their jobs, it's Sometimes it's hard, not really hard. Sometimes it's just not the normal realm when you have come from a D1 school or high school where you have to, you don't worry about like someone being out of work or not getting paid or telling them to rest, things like that. It's their job. It's how they make money. It's usually not the easiest way to go, which is why we have workers' comp doctors involved. And if people really need to be seen, we send them and they have every right to see to see the doctors. So as clinical athletic trainers, which is my position, um, I treat mild injuries, wound care, EMS calls, general health checks, determining if an employee needs to go to the workers' comp doctor, determining if we can try to fix it because a lot of the times it's bumps and bruises, aches and pains from a heavy flight the day before, someone tripped and fell, things like that. We also have another position called an ergonomics athletic trainer, which is responsible for, we have a simulation system in our work area of like airplanes, loading flights outside for above wing gate agents, how to open plane doors. So those athletic trainers are responsible for teaching and guiding the new employees and old employees how to do things correctly to 
avoid injury. That's the goal of our ergonomics class. And our ergonomics athletic trainers also do audits to make sure our employees are doing their stretches, doing their briefings, things like that. So we can do everything that we can try to do to prevent injury. We see so many. You would think that it would be easier in this job, but it's really not. We see so many injuries, so we do everything that we can to prevent injuries from happening on a daily basis. So a couple of things that were new for me in the industrial field and as a young professional were things like documentation. We do so much documentation in the industrial field or where I work specifically, the company that I worked for, that I work for. Mostly because our systems don't talk to each other, but even like, especially if you're a student listening, you know that most, the most you don't have to do much documentation. I know at my school we did very mild, like what people got, the treatment login stuff, but this is like full blown soap notes that go into different systems, emailing people, official on the job injuries, deal with so much paperwork and corporate, all of the above. Um, So that was something that was new to me. In seeing so many different injuries, some days I would see 13 people, other days I would see four. So the the flow of people changed, but the documentation, you know, was it stays the same. It just depend, depends on how many times you have to do it, depending on how many people um, you see in a day. So with the people that we see, we're slightly limited in what we can do with them because we are limited to first aid in a way because... OSHA determines a lot of the rules and guidelines behind workers' comp. So we can't do ultrasound, STEM, and modalities like that because they're more than first aid. Now, if someone gets a physical therapy referral with those specific modalities, we are allowed to do them, but we can't do them like you would in a high school or college, just like popping out some STEM, slapping some STEM on it or something like that. We are not allowed to do that, but we are allowed to do things like game ready, stretches, exercises. We're limited to a a term called stretch and flex, but a lot of those are basic rehab exercises that allow us to help our employees in the best way that we can. So that's kind of, I guess this is more of a description than a day of my life, huh? But it's it the day of my life is hard to put together because anything happens in a day. There were times where I read for five hours because I didn't have anyone getting hurt, and other days where I've spent eight hours running around <laughs> because we have so many injuries. But we really, this place has been something that I didn't expect it to be. It is if you come from a place like I did at LSU, it was always a grind, always hard work, and that mindset has helped me to be in this job to feel like I am more than capable of doing this job, never getting overwhelmed with the things that we deal with. There are crazy, there listen, working in the industrial field with people that are at work, you most of the time sometimes have to do with like grown babies. Like someone gets a bumps and bruise they act like their leg is broken. That's the difference between working with athletes and people in the industrial field is that these are normal average people that are not very in tune with their body sometimes. Other times they are because it's a really easy gig in the industrial field if you're actively fit and you're young and just throwing bags is easy. But we have such a wide range of employees from 18 to I think the oldest I've seen is 63, which you should probably like figure something else out if you're 63 and arthritis is kicking in and you're throwing 50 60 pound bags 
100 to 200 at a time. I'm just saying, but listen, that's neither here nor there. I treat them all the same. I think that's something that I really like about it is that you see different people every single day and you get the same satisfaction out of making them feel better and able to do their job and using your skills to to really help someone that's not like this elite athlete. We call them industrial athletes because they genuinely do work out during every shift. Like you tell me somebody that can throw 50, 60 pound bags, 200 bags at a time on a time crunch with two people working the flight. These people work very hard and it once you get into it and see like it's very easy for them to get hurt and we are very much needed in fields like this if it's something that you want to be. Now, if you want to be in a college, professional high school setting, clearly <laughs> we're not on field, so this wouldn't work. This isn't where you would want to be. But if you're looking for something that is fulfilling and you get to be out with like the normal, in air quotes, population, then the industrial field is really where it's at. We don't, it's nothing boring. I would never say this job is boring by the personalities, the injuries we see. Um, I've seen crazy scales of things like a large scale of things in one day some days you'll have a bug bite you have open fractures closed fractures concussions lacerations puncture wounds sleep injuries fake injuries gen- general medicine problems muscle strains bumps and bruises ankle sprains like these are just a few of the things that I saw in my what four months now at work it's it's you never know what you're going to see. Sometimes you have to call EMS and paramedics because we have cardiac or chest pain or concussions, things like that. Listen, I have stories for days about the injuries that I've seen in the ways that you would just never expect that this happens in someone's normal work area. Like it's one thing to be in a sport, but it's another thing for you to literally come to work and these are the kind of things that we see at our job and that's why we're so necessary and the people that work for my airline the higher-ups that work for my airline are so appreciative of us we never feel unappreciated we're compensated very well I get paid more than I asked for when I was more wanting to be an ortho tech benefits all of the above like this is if this is something that you thought about or something that you've never heard about and want to look into it I would highly suggest airlines. I've also heard really good things about Amazon. They might function a little different, but all in all, we kind of deal with the same type of people. But the industrial field has a place that has my heart. Um, you talk to so many people. You meet so many different types of people that are uh, that are entrepreneurs in one thing or financial people in another thing or um, people that have come to this job because it's more of a physical job when they've been in a brain heavy job like all of these people that you meet I think that's my favorite part of course treating people and making them better and getting to use my brain still it's not monotonous monotonous y'all know the word I'm talking about um sometimes it's treating the same low back pain things like that but you you start to try to figure out better ways to help people and then somebody gives you a injury or they come in with the injury that makes you use your skills and your brain a little bit more than you have in a couple of days and you you know you feel good about it but this job is mildly stressful some days are stressful because you deal with crazy people and their attitudes and doctors and you know trying to play the system but this job does not take too much of my mental strength 
in in the sense of like mental health being like oh my god I don't want to go to work or stressed out in my four months there has never been once that I was dreading going to work even driving to work I'll be tired cranky whatever but as soon as I walk in put a smile on my face there's just all these people that are there to you know make it through the day make everyone stay better so that's kind of a day in my life as an industrial athlete. It's hard to put times on everything because, like I said, it's like anybody's training room. I don't think an athletic trainer can put a time time stance of what they do every couple of days or every couple of hours because we're athletic trainers and we all know that stuff can hit the fan one minute and you can be chilling the next doing some paperwork. But that's kind of the gist of my position as an industrial athletic trainer, and I would highly, highly, highly suggest anyone that's debating looking into the industrial field, anyone that feels like they're a little burnt out, quite honestly, from being on an actual football field. That's how I felt that way, and I wanted something that could just allow me to rest but also use my skills and do my passion, just not be burned out the way I was and prepare me for my future in PA school and be something that I can study and be in school and still be here, which is this job precisely. And we are compensated. I will say it every time we are compensated so well. There's never a time where I'm like, I don't get paid enough to do this because every two weeks when I see my check, I promise you, I say, I get paid enough to do this because they're, we're appreciated there by our contractor company, by the company that we work for director directly. Like, I think that's one good feeling. Um, people notice that you help their company and that's something that feels good. It makes you want to come to work every single day and love what you do. So if anyone, like I said, if anyone, anyone's thinking about looking into the industrial field, I hope this was something that gave a little insight into our days, a little jumbled, but, um, I hope you you liked hearing about a different setting that most people don't know about. So thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at firstotfield for updates on when we've got episodes coming out, um, things like that. And feel free to DM me any questions on Instagram. I'm always free to answer. And I will be back next week with a new episode, probably about the BOC. I have a little, I have some good, good tips about the BOC, especially because it's getting around that season. It's about to come up for that first round of testing. So I want to get something out there to really help. That's a little sneak peek into next week. I did very well, not surprisingly, but I did better than I thought I would do on my BOC and placing and kind of the top couple percentiles in a lot of my areas. So if you're taking, you're a student about to take the BOC, listen out for next week's episode. It's going to be about the BOC and the things that I did to score in the 90th and high 80 percentiles in all of my sections of the BOC. So thank you guys again for listening. Uh, You guys will hear from me next week. Bye.